This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we'll focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we will talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting individual, we'll try to get them to be a guest on the show. Now, what makes this podcast a little bit unusual is that only one of us sails. Yeah, and that would be me, Bela. I've been sailing for over 30 years, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the east coast of the United States. And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. In fact, those of you who know me well know that I don't know a stay from a shackle. So I ask most of the questions and Bela will try to answer. Now, Bela, it looks like the weather's getting warmer over on your side of the Atlantic. What's going on with your boat? Well, that's a good question, Mike. Uh, actually, uh, Tomorrow, uh, we're recording this, let's see, on uh, March 23rd, and uh, tomorrow I'm heading out uh, to where the boat is, which is out in uh, Rhode Island, and uh, we're going to take a look. Uh, it's been pretty warm weather here the last three or four days. Uh, almost all the snow has melted from our yard, and uh, skiing is starting to uh, wind down. And uh, so we're going to take a look out at the boat. Uh, we're going to go out there and uh, sort of see how it has... Uh, wintered the weather uh, and and uh, gotten through this uh, cold spell and uh, we'll probably get the boat uncovered and do a few other little things on it and kind of make our list of things that need to be done before the boat goes into the water and uh, this will certainly be enough material for an episode in the future so uh, look forward to that one uh, coming out probably in a few weeks Great, Bella. I'm really curious to hear how this goes. You know, your first spring kind of with the new boat. So I'm sure there'll be lots to, to think about and work on. So I'm, I'm excited to learn about it. So today it looks like on our schedule, we're going to talk about sailing from Passage, Shelburne, Nova Scotia to Marion, Massachusetts in the USA. I checked this out on Google Earth like I like to do. And this looks like both quite a long trip on my standards anyways. And even more outside my comfort level, you're very clearly way out on the ocean, again, on my standards. So I'm a little curious, Bela. Give me the rundown on this trip. Yeah, so regular listeners will recall from episode 18 uh, that I recently uh, helped a friend bring a boat from Halifax, Nova Scotia to Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the first leg of, of that trip was sailing from uh, Halifax to Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Uh, which was an approximately 140 nautical mile trip that took 24 hours. And uh, we went along the coast of Nova Scotia. Uh, then we spent several days in Shelburne, uh, which was a beautiful place, and you can hear about it all in episode 18, uh, waiting for a good weather window, as the trip from Shelburne to Marion, Mass., is about 450 miles and would take us approximately four days. You know, so typically for passage planning purposes, 
we assume that we average five knots uh, uh, for speed. So one day is about 120 nautical miles. So for 450, you got to plan about four days. Bela, that seems like a long haul to me. Is it? Uh, yeah, it was my longest uh, continuous passage uh, with really no way to stop along the way, right? So we basically uh, left Shelburne Bay and put a put the compass on, on Boston, uh, which is... Uh, because I'll talk a little bit later about sort of customs and re-entering the United States, uh, we may have to stop in Boston. So uh, it was a straight shot to there. And uh, so we departed uh, Shelburne uh, midday. Uh, we sailed out of the bay. And I'll tell you, we got out of the bay and immediately encountered large waves. Now, uh, if you remember, we waited in Shelburne for a couple of storms to pass. And... Uh, so, you know, I'm not a great judge of wave height, but I'll tell you one thing, Mike. When you're sitting in the boat and you're looking up at the top of the waves, uh, I know they're large, at least for my liking. So um, we were bouncing around for, for a, a bit there, uh, more than I would like, but hey, this is sailing. Uh, and interesting fact here is that these the weather was beautiful, right? But the waves were the remnants of several days of strong breezes from the southwest. So when you get a, a, several days of, of a wind from the same direction, uh, the waves build up bigger and bigger each day. And then even when the winds stop, it often takes 12 to 24 to sometimes 48 hours for those, that wave action to sort of calm down. So if you go out right after uh, a day or several, if you go right, if you go out immediately after a storm, meaning a storm that lasted a few days, uh, the waves in the ocean will still be big, even though you might not have any wind or, or the weather's beautiful. So the first 12 hours were a bit rolly. Uh, and uh, we motored actually because there was no wind, which was interesting, right? We're in these big seas and there's no wind. Uh, and then the winds uh, shifted uh, to the uh, southwest, from the southwest to the north, which was perfect for us. So we knew this wind shift was going to happen, at least according to the forecast. So that's another reason we wanted to, to get moving. Um, so needless to say, that first night, I didn't sleep very much. And, uh, you know, for that first 12 hours of this trip, uh, the seas were very confused. Wait, Bela, now I'm confused. What does a confused sea mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's a good question, Mike. So uh, confused sea means that there was still leftover waves coming from the southwest, right? So th the previous three days, the wind was blowing from the southwest. So the waves built up coming from the southwest. The winds died down. And now the new wind was coming from the north, northeast, and so now the waves were starting to build from the north, but there's still these leftover waves from the south. So these waves kind of bump into each other. And so you have waves in two different directions uh, hitting the boat, which, <clears throat> which makes for uh, a, a, a bumpy ride, let's just say. So normally if you have waves come one direction, you sort of get into this rhythm, right? The boat is very sort of rhythmic. It may be moving and rolling to left and right uh, or fore and aft as you encounter those waves. But it's a steady, almost like, you know, being rocking a baby to sleep. Sometimes it helps me, helps me to sleep. 
But when you get confused seas, you get these waves from different directions and and the boat rolls in one direction, then all of a sudden it's rolling in, in the opposite direction, and it's not really rhythmic. Uh, so that's is what confuses are. Yeah. Pela, is that dangerous at all or just annoying? No, it's just annoying. Yeah, okay. it's just annoying. Uh, usually the waves are not real big, uh, and the seas tend to be sort of choppy, and you know the waves coming at you in a bunch of different directions. But it's, no, it's, it's not dangerous. And usually, you know, again, the, the new wind built in, and after 24, 36 hours, this kind of sea settled down, and then the waves came from the new direction, and everything was fine. Yeah. Now, what were the temperatures like? If I recall, you made this trip, I think, in September last year? That's right. So it was early September, and the evenings were cold. So even though the, the, we had nice sunny weather during the day, and, and uh, you know, I think I, in the cockpit one, – one, you know, for the first day or two, I, I wore a light jacket or something in the cockpit during the days. Uh, but at night, it, it was like 40 degrees because you got to remember the water's cold because you have the I think it's the Labrador current up there. But regardless, you know, this is this is where they get lobsters. <laughs> so the mm-hmm. water's cold. Uh, the, the Gulf Stream doesn't get there. Uh, so the water's cold. And when the sun goes down, uh, the temperature was down into the 40s. Uh, so that was pretty chilly. And, uh, it was, uh, but the daytime was, 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 uh, was quite nice. So down in the forties at night, this is a dumb question, Bela. Does the boat have heat? I mean, do sailboats have heat? Ah, another good question, Mike. So we did not have a heater on the boat. Uh, the, uh, and since, but luckily since I'm a skier, I have plenty of warm clothes <laughs> and, you know, actually I'll tell you, there were a couple nights where I slept in my jacket and my and my ski pants and warm socks and a and a wool hat uh, just to keep warm. Uh, now you can get heaters for boats, um, and they're typically diesel heaters. So uh, the engines on most sailboats are diesel engines, um, and so they typically have people have designed diesel heaters that you can buy commercially. Uh, so they just basically use the diesel fuel that you already have on board, and they work very well. And um, actually, I've actually even seen some people install small wood or coal burning stoves on their on their boats. You know, it gives you a little ambiance, a nice little fire because uh, the diesel heaters tend to be back, put away someplace in the back. And there's a fan that just blows the warm air out um, and, and they work very well. Now, it's interesting when I was looking at buying a boat, uh, I looked at some boats that were for sale uh, up in the Great Lakes and in Maine. And those boats that are sort of berthed permanently in, in Maine or the Great Lakes often have heaters on them and not air conditioning. And as you sort of move further south in the United States, uh, the, the, the heaters disappear and air conditioning starts appearing on the boats. Um, so it's not unusual to have heat um, on a boat. You can have it, uh, but we did not have, have, have any heat. Bela, is the having a fireplace on a boat that seems like kind of a like for me an accident waiting to happen, like a fire hazard, or is that not really a problem? Well, I th- it's probably just a bigger problem as it is as having uh, a wood stove in your house, right? I, I don't know much about them, quite honestly. You you probably uh, have to clean the chimney, as they say, mm-hmm. and and you have to be very careful, right? Because you are having a fire now. A diesel heater has fire inside of it, also, but it's you know like mm-hmm. a furnace. It's contained. More, more right. like a furnace. Um, 
and, but and I, I would imagine you don't run the heater when you're in big waves. You know, the uh, the the if you have a fireplace, right? You only burn it when you're at anchor or at a, or at a berth. Yeah. Yeah, I got to think it 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 need to be relatively calm yeah, uh, to, to be able to run work. the heater. Yeah, particular wood so. burning because uh, yeah, otherwise the fire is rolling around inside the. Yeah, yeah, I just don't see how that's a good idea, right? That's what I'm envisioning in my head. It just doesn't seem like a great idea, but I'm sure there's plenty of people and it works. Otherwise, they wouldn't have them. Yeah. Okay, so wait a minute. All right, let's focus again. Sorry, I got sidetracked, but this is all interesting to me. It sounds like you sailed directly from Shelburne to Marion. Now, is there another way to make this trip, maybe in shorter hops, that for me would be a little less stressful? Yes, uh, there is. So we departed Shelburne and, like I said, headed directly towards Boston. Uh, and then when we, we got within a few miles of Boston, we headed south through the Cape Cod Canal and um, then through the Cape Cod Canal. And then um, Marion, Massachusetts is just off of the Cape Cod Canal in, in Buzzards Bay. And the reason we did that is because we wanted to go through New York City and, and the canal sort of saves, saves you a lot of time to, to kind of do that way because you don't have to go around Cape Cod. If we were going directly to Baltimore, which was our final destination, we, we would have just sailed for even more days. Now, here's the thing that you, that you got to sort of think about a little bit. Um, is this time of year, the weather pattern changes on the East Coast. And you start getting, or you can start getting, uh, storms that kind of come up the coast typical nor'easters as they call them, but they're not bringing snow yet, hopefully, but they, they are storms that move up the East Coast and they come every three or four days. So this goes into that passage planning piece uh, where you want to uh, you know, plan for, you get about a three or four day weather window and you want to move on those three or four days and then you may have to sit for a day or two someplace. So, um, we wanted to to sort of take advantage of that. Now, oh, now back to your original question. I'm sorry, Mike. I, I kind of got digressed there. So um, it, to avoid sort of a four-day passage, you actually can do this. You can, you can keep hopping down the coast of Nova Scotia, uh, getting further west. Nova Scotia runs uh, east to west nominally. Uh, it's got a little bit of a north-south angle to it. But uh, Shelburne is further west of, of uh, Halifax, and then you can still keep going even more west along the coast, uh, typically to a Yarmouth, uh, which maybe some people have heard of. Uh, there's actually ferries that go between parts of Maine and Yarmouth that you can take to get to Nova Scotia. Uh, so you can kind of sail to Yarmouth, and then you can bop directly over to Maine, and that's about 100 nautical miles. So you could do that in one overnight passage, and then you can hop down the coast of Maine, right? This is, this is what I love about sailing the east. If you, if you want to do things in sort of short increments, you can do it. And uh, here you can actually go to another country, <laughs> and, and all you have to do is basically do one overnight sail. Uh, so that, that is, uh, you know, really nice. And uh, so we could have done that. Now... You know, I've been to you know, my best friend Doug lives in Yarmouth, and he has a sailboat. And I've been sailing on that boat in the in the Gulf there. Why why did you go direct versus kind of hopping down the coast of Maine? It's so beautiful there, and like I said, I've just done a little bit of day sailing there. But why didn't you why didn't you just kind of see the sights there? Yeah, that that actually would have been nice, Mike. I I would have really enjoyed that. 
But you got to remember, I was crew on this trip. So yeah. the, the boat owner and his wife actually did that getting to Nova Scotia. So they had, they had other friends with them and they sailed. So what they actually did was they sailed nonstop from Baltimore to Newport, Rhode Island. And then from Newport, Rhode Island, they hopped up the coast of Massachusetts and then Maine and then over to Nova Scotia to Yarmouth and hopped along the coast of uh, Nova Scotia. On the return trip, what they wanted to do was sort of the opposite of that, was go nonstop from Nova Scotia back to Marion, which is just around the corner from Newport. And then we hopped down the eastern coast of the United States to get back to Baltimore, right? So that's, that's sort of how they broke it up uh, on their trip. <clears throat> and part of that <clears throat> was actually driven by weather because, <clears throat> excuse me, when they made the trip from Baltimore up to Nova Scotia, they left in, in late July. So it's really hot along the east coast of the United States. So they wanted to get up to Maine quickly and then sort of bop along the coast of Maine and go over to Nova Scotia where the weather's cooler. And then on the trip back, we wanted to do the cold leg quickly and then sort of take our time on the warmer leg uh, back down. So that, that was sort of a, the main driver of, of that decision. Um, and I'll tell you, you're right, the, the coast of Maine is gorgeous, and it's, it's certainly on my uh, to-do list of places to go, uh, to go check out. And, uh, and, and part of this, again, it all goes back to being driven by weather. We had a look like a good four-day weather window to make this trip from Shelburne down towards Boston or, or Marion. And uh, so, so we did it. We took advantage of it uh, because sometimes the weather windows can be much shorter. If we were, if we would have only gotten, you know, weather windows of one to two days, then we probably would have hopped down the coast of Maine because that's what we'd have to do. Interesting. Okay. You mentioned earlier about kind of customs and reentry, and I've always lived near the border of somewhere. So I'm always kind of interested in this. How do you deal with customs and, and border patrol and reentry into the U.S.? Another good question, Mike. So as they say, there's an app for that. Uh, since we were all U.S. citizens uh, and the boat is a U.S. registered vessel, it was quite easy. So there's this uh, app called CBP, so that's Customs Border Patrol, uh, Rome, R-O-A-M. And it's really intended for recreational boats, as far as I understand. And uh, so we downloaded that app before we departed. And then when we got close to shore where we had cell service, um, so uh, we loaded our information into that app and uh, we hit the send button and it got transmitted to someplace at, at Customs and Border Patrol. And uh, we got back a uh, email uh, that said, hey, uh, in 15 minutes, we're going to do a, you know, a, a video call with you. And uh, so we did a, a video call with uh, an agent and, you know, we, he could see our faces and he could see our passports and uh, see, see the boat. Uh, that whole video call took maybe five minutes. And uh, he said, thank you very much. And uh, about 10 minutes later, we got the OK that we could go directly any place we wanted in the United States. So this app enables you uh, to, instead of having to go into certain ports. So there's only certain ports where typically you can, you can enter the United States. So for us, we were 
we were we were shooting to, for Boston if for some reason they wouldn't accept uh, us via this app. So we would have zipped into Boston and there, you know, you get go on land and there's a an office there, a customs office there and, and border patrol office and you show them your paperwork and they'll check you in. Uh, but with this app, uh, if you meet their criteria, uh, you don't have to do that. And that enabled us to go to, to Marion, which worked out uh, really, really well for us. Cool. Bela, so that was an interesting trip. Uh, what do you say we wrap this up? Okay. Sounds good to me. Sure. So, listeners, thanks. Just to kind of summarize, we did Shelburne, Nova Scotia to Marion, Mass. today. We learned about uh, confused seas and weather windows, and we talked a lot about continuous passages and, and kind of how that works. We talked about heaters and air conditioners and boats, which was fascinating to me, and customs and cool apps that you can use. So hopefully this was interesting for you and that you decide to join us again next time. Uh, if you have questions about what we've discussed, uh, please always feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, hope you listen to future podcasts as well. And uh, hey, tell a friend about us if you like it. So signing off from uh, s melting snow in upstate New York and the weather's getting warmer, so I'm getting itchy to go sailing. Uh, see you soon, Mike. Sounds great, Bela, from over here where it's still uh, winter, not too much spring yet. But I hope you have a great trip and uh, enjoy your reuniting with your boat. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it soon. Bye, Bela.